Good evening. I didn't bring it out last night, but we talked about the, the three songs that we chanted last night and again the same this evening. And um, they do cover the immediate um, line of the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. The first song, of course, is generic in a being um, Vandana or uh, a prayer to Sri Guru, but as I spoke about it, it was introduced to the international uh, community of devotees through uh, Prabhupada's disciples in relation to um, singing it in conjunction with a uh, aratik that uh, became institutionalized as a daily practice in this mission. So it, for us, is uh, uh, reminds us of him. And as I said, I was fortunate to be asked to sing it sometimes uh, a few occasions by him. So a song, if you will, uh, for Prabhupada and his followers. <laughs> uh, and um, and then the second song, Sachinandan Vandan by Pujapatrino Mershis, is really about all the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He named his moth Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Moth. And so he looked at it from Chaitanya to Saraswat, to Bhakti Siddhanta who is the successor on the world stage of uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Hmm? And so he is drawing the line in his song, so to speak, by beginning with Sachinandan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all, and so many of the principal associates of his. And as it winds down towards the end, as I mentioned, he mentions the disciples. Bhakti Siddhanta is the Prabhupada, that the, the name is invoked there. Um, in, in reference to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and his disciples, whom he offers his uh, respects to and seeks to follow in the footsteps of, and so forth. So, um, uh, the Sri Chaitanya Saraswat uh, song, if you will, or a song that um, uh, brings to mind and is in praise of Bhakti Siddhanta and his contribution. So, from our Prabhupada to our Param Prabhupada, and then Bhaktivinoda Thakur has asked us to take shelter of the holy name as he has in the song Nam Kirtan, made up of Krishna's names that um, he sang last and finished with Jai Bhaktivinoda, Jai Bhaktivinoda. So, very nice set of songs to uh, help us remember who we are. Last night, uh, this subject of Prabhupada's uh, comments about the Goswamis and their eternal position was uh, was brought up, and we dealt with it briefly. Uh, the uh, it's good to have a Vaishnav scholar in the community, as we do in the form of Dulal Chandra Prabhu, Shiman Dulal Chandra Kijai. And um, and if you're not attending his classes while well, I'm not here three days a week, you're missing out on a very good education and the Sundarbas. Um, but at any rate, uh, scholar that he is, he, he looked up the letters, and sure enough, there was a letter to Tamal Krishna Maharaj and a letter to uh, Jadarani, in which the Goswamis um, and their status in the eternal Lila was mentioned. So we, um, from the letters, I was able to draw a little bit of the context. Obviously, their questions are not there. Their letters aren't, but the way Prophet's answering them. And he answers... I'm just, just, I'm just briefly on this. He answers to Mal Krishna Maharaj 
way way of saying that Rupa Goswami is a gopi, Rupa Manjari, but not all of the Goswamis are gopis. Mm-hmm. And then he lists the eight principal astasakis, hmm? um, none of which are the Goswamis. So it very well may have been um, the impression I get, the question of Tamal Krishnamarj may have been in relation to are, all, are the Goswamis all, you know, the, ast- the eight principal gopis? And Prabhupada answers by saying, Rupa Goswamis, Rupa Manjari, of course, but no, the Goswamis are not all gopis. They're not all Paramapreshta, Yuteshwaris, like uh, Tungabidya, Champakalata, and so forth, and, and so on. Um, but, but of course, they're, they're Manjaris, like Rupa Goswami. So, um, then the, the, the letter from, to Jadarani, where he says, not all of them are to sit as only Rupa and Raghunath, right? More, perhaps more controversial. Um, and um, he, I, I, now I'm trying to remember, but I, th- I think he emphasizes the, the, um, the, in one sense, the equality siddhas or siddhas. But at any rate, I thought about it a little bit, and um, he may well have <clears throat> thought about it in his own uh, way, Inasmuch as uh, Rupa and Raghunath are emphasized, for example, in the prayers of Narutam Thakur, in the in the prayers of uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, in the prayers of Raghunath Das Goswami, they are singled out as being followed. Hmm. Um, um, and as we learned last night, to enter into the leela of Vrindavan, as we become advanced in our practice in our sadhana then we'll attach ourselves to the ideal um, that we cherish, that is personified as one of the eternal associates of Krishna, like Rupa Manjari, like Lalita Saki, like Sridham, Sudam, and so forth. <clears throat> Rather than one who has become perfect by following them, which would typically, in most cases, be our guru, for example. Most of the gurus are thought to be sadhana siddhas. Um, so uh, he may have looked at it like that, that, that they have been singled out in this way, and they are being followed by the other Goswamis. For example, Sanatana Goswami is identified with, I think, Labanga Manjari, but he's not mentioned in any of the literature or the meditations of the Goswamis in a following sense, although he's followed in Gorlila by Rupa Goswami as the elder of Rupa Goswami, the elder brother, the leading Goswami, and it's universally acknowledged that in Gorlila, Sanatana Goswami is the leader. Hmm? But in Krishna Lila, then Rupa Goswami takes the leading position, therefore sometimes the term Rupanuga, rather than Sanatananuga, which is a little more of a tongue twister. But um, So Prabhupada may have thought about it um, along those lines and thought, these are the ones to uh, follow hmm? as Nityasiddhas. And by implication, or even by direct statement, he identifies the others as Sadhanasiddhas. And while that's generally not thought uh, to be the case, it doesn't appear to me to be objectionable necessarily, though they're identified as. Uh, um, 
eternal associate or as associates of Krishna and Krishna Lila, for example, in Gorganadesh Deepika. Um, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that in attained by by sadhana, uh, by, by practice previously, uh, although generally, again, it's not thought of along those lines. In the letter, Prabhupada also identifies Sarvabhom Bhattacharya, who I guess must have been asked about, as having come from the heavenly planet. So he's uh, familiar with the concept, the idea, the writing of of Kavikarnapur, who identifies Sarvabhom with, with Brihaspati. Hmm? So uh, he has this, had a slightly different opinion in, in that letter, and it, all the whys of how he was thinking about it hard to uh, sort out. There is, I think, I think there's some latitude, some room, even for a difference of opinion. It's not a game-breaking point, uh, one way or the other. But he has um, thoughtfully emphasized, in a particular way, by his statements, the position of Rupa and Raghunath, whose position is emphasized as those who are being. Uh, idealized and and followed. That's a, as I said by everybody hmm, who is uh, uh, pursuing the uh, um, Manjari Bhav. You find it in the prayers of Narottam again, the prayers of Krishna, Rishi Raghunath, Padayaras, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Kahi Krishna. That's after every chapter practically, he's paying his respects to Rupa and, and Raghunath, Krishna Kaviraj. So it's um, it's. Uh, some of the just some of the ways I thought a little further about it. Yes. You mentioned one thing that brings up an interesting question. You mentioned in some of the Bhuma Bhattacharya, you said descended from the heavenly planet. Yeah. Well, Brihaspati. So, yes. So then we come to a question, which naturally one would present: Is there the possibility that the same happened in Chaitanya Lila? happens in Krishna Lila as far as and then some of these questions fall into place that the demigods and the eternal associates cohabitate during the Lila mm -hmm. possibly so it's esoteric and I, I don't presume to know the answer is I'm just saying it presents a possibility when you bring up Sarvabhoma Mm -hmm. What Duval's referring to, is, I believe, is the fact that, uh, uh, for example, a prominent example is that the the previous lives of Nanda and Yashoda are mentioned in the Bhagavatam, mm -hmm. but um, and they were sadhanas, sadhakas, and attained the position of Krishna's mother and father, but the Goswamis, astute as they were, and experiencers as they are. They brought out the point that that if you look at that overtly, without thinking deeply about it, then you come up with a big problem because it would mean that at some point Krishna didn't have a father and mother; they were they had some some And how did the devotees who were practicing hmm, the sadhakas become the father and mother if there was no father and mother ideal to follow? So therefore, this story about Nanda and Yashoda having a previous life as Dara and Drona and Dara, hmm? performing austerities in a different age, and of course the austerities in Kali Yuga are to observe a goddessy Janamastami 
Radhastami, to have a festival, in other words, that's Kali Yuga, but this was the previous Yuga, so even uh, there are other examples of devotees attaining the Brajlila through different um, practices with regard, let's say, to austerities, but not in substance. So the substance is you have to follow the associates and so forth. So Drona and Dara, they're following, they have to follow somebody, so they what they're understood as the Goswamis explained, to have descended from heaven, um, because, as you know, Krishna was called to come by Brahma, and he told the denizens of heaven to take birth also. So amongst some of the denizens of heaven, there have to be devotees as well. For example, it's stated, in this I've explained before in the Gita, that those who are not um, fully uh, perfected or fully accomplished in their practice... Hmm, may take birth in, in, in the practice of bhakti and yoga, may take birth as in, in heaven. So they, they go to heaven, which is the, the result of following the Varnashram correctly, incorrectly or imperfectly following yoga, you go there. So the power of the practice of, uh, of yoga over the practice of, of, of dharma. Hmm? And having gone there through yoga or through through bhakti, then... You're there for a different reason. You got there in a different way, and so forth. And so, if your tenure there should coincide with Krishna's appearance on earth, then you may be one of the denizens of heaven. They get to take birth in his leela, and uh, taking birth in his leela, identify with one of the eternal associates. So, in the case of Drona and Dara, they took birth, they, uh, they went to heaven, they did their practice, they went to heaven, they can reason, they took birth, and I, and identified thoroughly with Nandini Soda such, such that they, they merged with them, so to speak, um, and uh, re- resided within them. Uh, it's the same idea in substance and essentially as what we want to do. We cannot become Sudha, Subal, or Lalita, but we can. We want to fully identify with their, their bhava. So, and the way the heavenly denizens may do, and we may do, might be a little different. So anyway, they they, they co co. Uh, you said that. Well, they they entered. I don't know if that's the right word. They entered the bodies of, uh, of Nanda and Yashoda, and so he's asking. Well, if Sarvabhoma has come from heaven as Brihaspati, who's the guru of the demigods, he's um, uh, descended in, in, into the uh, world and, and then caught up in Gaurila. Um Could could he could he be like one of those people from heaven, coming and merging into the body of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, who's an eternal associate? Right, and that's kind of how you you think about it. Of course, it has been brought out like that, and um, um, you could you could probably make make the case. But um, the other um, side of it is that these um, um, there are extended. There are the other side of it. There are, is that there are examples in the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of also bringing in new new recruits, and we know. For example, in the Brajalila, when it when it manifests on the earth, it collects new recruits. We find that example in the Rasalila. In the Rasalila, there's evidence that new recruits can enter. Hmm? 
in in Madhurya Rasa. Indeed, the the, the, the personified Upanishads, sages of Dandakaranya, they entered into that leela. Once they entered there, they could participate in all the leelas, but that was a leela in which they could perfect themselves. We find Gopakumar entering into the into the into the cow dust this this afternoon time of the of the leela as a as a cowherd boy appearing there. So these are uh, examples to keep in mind. Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and so what to speak of Krishna Leela collecting up sadhakas who have really bhava bhaktas who prema bhaktas who have reached the full measure of their practice and now they need a little more fine tuning. It's like they've 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 been like you get drafted by the professional uh uh team from the college and you're on the team. You go, but you haven't started to play yet, something like that. The game has to start and so it little goes a little faster, you know, but there you are. Uh, yeah. So Krishna Leela accommodates that, right? <clears throat> it's one of its purposes in a sense. Krishna comes to to protect the devotees. What protection do they need? They need to be protected from the pangs of the suffer of separation <clears throat> that they can't bear any longer, that he can't bear any longer. Um so he comes for them. Um and so what to speak then of Gorlila, which is so expansive and, and and built into it is this Audari, this magnanimity built into the, the the Madhurya, the sweetness, is this generosity of distribution. So it may also be looked at Sarvabhom in that way, that it's actually a new recruit um, coming through heaven, yeah. <laughs> he became the Brihaspati and... Uh, and he came down. Gopagumar became Brahma, right? And he and moved on. Yes. Just I think I think it's in the Brihapada Samhita where it's says that you know there is a um, expansion of all the residents of Goloka and in Vaikuntha, and then there's an expansion in heavenly planet. So yeah. Just like thinking about like Kashyapa Muni and Aditi, their parents of of, um, of Bhamana, so they they obviously can't be just ordinary. I mean, you know, so there yeah. could be an expansion of of say um, Devaki and and, mm-hmm. and Vasudeva. That could be the, the heavenly plan. So if that were the case, that there was an expansion in Drona and Dark. Well, they don't take a role in the heavenly planets as parents, or as Kasyapa does, for example. But um, there are different ways to to think about it. Generally, I think the idea that the associates are um, of Krishna in the Braj Lila, like he's Swayam Bhagawan, so outside of the Braj, then there are all these partial manifestations of himself in Mathura and Dwarka, then it has Narayan in Vaikuntha, then the Purusha avatars, and, and through them so many avatars, right? And Krishna's the source of all the avatars, so his associates as well, which again are part of his makeup, if you will, because he's the object of love, and there's no meaning to the object of love without the love, so... Um, uh, 
they're one and different at the same time. So as he expands to Dwarka, Mathura Dwarka and so forth, then they go with him partially. Then there are partial manifestations of himself. Madhumangal is Narada Muni, for example, as explained in Gopal Champu. Um, um, and then it extends beyond that, as you're saying, to be like partially manifest in this world, even under the influence of the gunas, but like as an adikrita kind of a you know a, a, in a position of a deva with certain powers, like a Brahma or Indra or something like that. But these uh, Indra and uh, who's his wife, oh, Sachi. Sachi. Hmm? So when they when they're sometimes described as some partial manifestation of Krishna's. Uh, of Krishna or Krishna's eternal associates, uh, I think we would look at it more like as being an empowered, empowered in, in, in some way, for uh, for godly um, work in the world, something like that. Something like that, not quite, but. Something else that could do with um, what they represent, like Radhana Swami, Vaikaro, Ganesha, and what Rupa Goswami and Gaur Adhikaro are saying there. Okay. Yeah. So there's some common um, evidence that could still make good while they're important. Well, that would make Sanatan important, as we yeah. equally being presiding over Sambandhagan. So. Um, and he is important. <laughs> in his own right, but... Um, I was recently speaking with a devotee and um, we were having a technical philosophical discussion and he said that the verse of Alantra Prakpasaradas that we, um, that was in the Bhagavatam which describes how the Absolute is realized in three creatures Param, Karma, and Bhagavan that actually there is the, the current understanding of that verse is incorrect that actually Brahman is not the absolute, but an energy of the absolute. And he referred to Bhagavad Gita 7.4 in the purport for Prabhupada's study. Even the Dhamma Jyoti, which is the ultimate goal of the impersonalist, is a spiritual energy manifested in the spiritual sky. What's the current understanding? <laughs> <laughs> so the understanding that um, we were speaking about was that there's three features of the absolute. That's what the verse says. So he's saying the verse is wrong? Well, he said if you look at the verse carefully, it doesn't say... Um, if you want to look at... Let me answer. If you want to look at the verse carefully, then you should very carefully look at the Tattva Sandarbha, the Bhagavat Sandarbha, and the Paramatma Sandarbha, because they all are really... Uh, Tattva Sandarbha somewhat in an introductory way but the Bhagavad and the Paramatma Sandarbha are really all about that verse. That's the verse that they're about. There's two treaties, two and a half of Jiva Goswami, that are all about that, that one verse. Hmm. They're quite lengthy. That's the current understanding <laughs> in the Gaudiya Sampradaya. And, um, and um, the, the really interesting 
really understanding of the verse. If you look at other sampradayas, let's say like Ramanuja sampradaya or the Madhva sampradaya, um, they will look at the verse as saying that the absolute truth is known as Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. These are just different names for the absolute. The absolute is Brahman, the absolute is Paramatma, the absolute is Bhagavan. The unique, in one sense, contribution of the Gaudiyas is that these are not just different names for the absolute, but they actually speak about different manifestations of the absolute, which are the goals of uh, three uh, distinct paths. The path of Gyan, the path of Yoga, and the path of Bhakti. So the path of Gyan, in a broad sense, the goal is to merge with Brahman. Hmm? The path of Yoga is realization of the Paramatma. The path of Bhakti is realization of Bhagwan. Hmm? So as much as these paths are distinct, and they are, although there's overlapping and common ground, they're very distinct at the same time. So the goals must be different. You can't take different roads, uh, you know, to the same place unless you're in Italy. Hmm? So uh, <laughs> you can't get away from the Catholics over there. Right. So all those roads lead to Rome. But um, but these are very distinct paths, and they're they're the common ground is that they're they're transcendental in their pers- in their in their in their um, ideal. Hmm? Of course, even Gyan and Yoga need a little bhakti to be fully successful to attain near, the Nirguna, but Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan are different faces of the Absolute. And while you, a person like that may refer to a statement that Prabhupada made in a commentary in the um, Isopanishad hmm? or in the Gita, he would do well to look more closely at everything else that Prabhupada said about uh, Brahman, hmm? um, and to very to simplify it, um, he gave the example often of the train, hmm? right? So, in the example of the train, the train is God, and so the father tells the son, "Let's go to the station and see the train." The boy doesn't know what the train is, so. At a distance, they hear the whistle, and the father says, there's a train. So the boy thinks the train is a whistle. He doesn't think the train is an energy. The whistle is an energy of the train. I mean, so he, he, he thinks, then he gets a little closer, and and his, and his father says, see, there, there's the train. He, what he's seen is the light on the front of the train. So then the son thinks, oh, the train is a light. And then the train pulls up into the station. And there's the train, and people get off, and you can get on, and so much more accommodating and broad is the is the Bhagavan conception than the light, the Paramatma conception, or the whistle. You know, in this analogy. Um, um, and now there is another example of the sun. So there's the sun. What the sun? Maybe planet. The sun rays, the sun rays, the sun planet, and the sun god. Hmm? At any rate, over and over again, throughout Prabhupada's books, over and over again, he correctly, of course, identifies Paramatma as a feature of the absolute truth. So, um, the, the fact that in one place Prabhupada said it was, what did he say? Energy in the spiritual sky. Energy in the spiritual sky. I mean, it's a looser use of. Of, of of words that um, uh, 
if, he, if that devotee is trying to say by that that Brahman is a Shakti of Bhagawan, then it really contradicts everything in it because because um, Atato Brahma Jignashu, you know, this Bhagavatam begins like this: the world comes from God. Of course, it comes as the transformation of the Shakti, and so forth. That's true too, but. Um, no, uh, Brahman is. I think what Prabhupada is saying there is something like Brahman is indeterminate, non-differentiated, and and lacking in kind of physicality, if you will, and form and shape and determine determinate features and so forth. So he's usually losing the word using the word energy. To describe it, like Brahman is everywhere, like you know, it's not like a. What's the form of Brahman? It has no form, and so he's talking using the word energy to, which, yeah, which has a kind of a more Holy Ghost type of a, you know, connotation, and is spread everywhere and so forth and so on. So, you know, devotees like that should um, study the Sardhanarabhas and they should study Prabhupada's books um, much better. And then statements like that don't become some hub around which everything else is interpreted, which will be very problematic if he, um, if he, if he tries to do that. And, um, and it would be interesting to look at Prabhupada's own commentary on the verse he says that the learned Bhagavatams, the learned people, the tattva vidas. subject and object, and there is no qualitative difference there. Therefore, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan are qualities of one and the same. Well, yeah, that's part of his purport. I'm sure it says more, but, uh, but at any rate, it's important... Uh, a very important verse and um, the understanding, the current understanding, the orthodox understanding in the Gaudiya Sampadaya is that Brahman is a particular face of the absolute truth. I mean, the, the jnanis are not worshippers of the Shakti. They worship Brahman and they consider the Brahman to be devoid of Shakti. Nirvishesh. Hmm? Nirvishesh Brahma. Hmm. What what makes the vishesh is the shakti. What makes the differentiation? So here's a feature of the absolute without any vishesh. So there's no shakti there. Hmm. And you can also invite that devotee here. Come We'd like to discuss these points. That's. Uh, what else? Any other questions? How are you tonight? Good, good to see you. Well, just back to the uh, idea of the other Goswamis being Sadhana Siddhas. I mean, that could also be like sometimes you say, if we accept Prabhupada as a Sadhana Siddha, that's very encouraging. Or even if on one, from one perspective, mm-hmm. to accept any of these great personalities that they became perfect by Sadhana, that's very encouraging. Yeah, another point is that uh, that Narada Muni and Prahlad in the Bhagavatam are described as sadhana siddhas. Vishnu Chakritakur says 
they're both sadhana siddhas and nitya siddhas. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> I don't think too much about it. Uh, um, of course, you, if you want to think about it, you could think, well, they're nitya siddhas, but they're playing the role of sadhana siddhas, and that's how they're depicted in the Bhagavatam. And we're very encouraged by that. Two two previous lives of Narada are mentioned. Hmm? The sixth canto is mentioned as being Gandharva, musician, and uh, uh, offending the kirtan, hmm? uh, and as a result having to take a lower birth, hmm? but also as a result of contact with Bhakti to get further association with sadhus who lived in his house for four months of the rainy season, gave them him the remnants of their food, and they discussed the Bhagavatam in his presence. When they passed on, his mother died, and they took to heart their message in that life and turned his house into the funeral pyre and walked away to, be, to become a saint. And Krishna appeared before him and encouraged him, and ultimately he bestowed upon him his, his vina and which is part of his swarup. Hmm? And so the previous life in heaven, life on earth, and then the life as Narda, so he's depicted as a sadness. And then he tells his story to Nar to Vyas, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He uses his own life's example and tells his story to enlighten Vyas about the efficacy of bhakti and the need to emphasize that mm-hmm. in no uncertain terms in his work, the Srimad Bhagavatam. And Prahlad is there, of course, and he's mentioned in the in the other Puranas, his previous life. So, there are good examples, right? The sadhana is uh, efficacious. Narada, yeah, you know, we say both. So, Vishwanath Chakravarti for Jai. <laughs> so you can say Nitya Siddha setting setting an example as a sadhana Siddha. So what else? We know that sometimes the uh, Acharya does apparently make a misrepresentation, and throughout his preaching tenure, may even contradict himself. How should the Sadika look upon those those incidents? Even when they have complete faith in the Guru still, how to reconcile some of the things that that may come up in their you know, in their learning from their guru. Um There was a disciple of Prabhupada who was uh, born as a Brahmin in Vrindavan, was initiated along with four or five other uh, boys at the opening of the Krishna Balaram temple. And they were, it was a big thing. They're born in Brahmin families in the Braj, and they take initiation from this Bhaktivedanta Swami and, and eating chapatis cooked by the, by the white people, <laughs> which was. Whoa, <laughs> and it was a big. So it was a big statement, right? Um, but Prabhupada sometimes, um, when speaking, would quote some verses. Uh, 
And um, there was a couple of verses that he would chant sometime or cite as evidence, and he would cite first two lines of one verse and then two lines of another verse and kind of, kind of conflate them, you know. Um, and it, it, after some time, it really troubled one of these students, and he left the mission because of that. Hmm? That how could he be a perfect guru and do that? Now, I see some of you are kind of chuckling, so I think that's the right reaction <laughs> to such things. Uh, so you, you have to look at... Uh, let, let's take, for example, the person of Prabhupada, because Prabhupada did that, those kind of things sometimes. Um, they weren't the norm, but they do show up. But they're showing up as a kind of a... Um, maybe some... Uh, some carelessness with regard to uh, scholarship, um, let's say. Um, I compare it to like maybe not forgetting to dot the I or cross the T, something like that. And I see my work sometimes as dotting the I and crossing the T and, and, and so forth. So I may come along, for example, and say, well, Prabhupada said this, but actually the teaching of this, this is why, you know, maybe he said it like this, or whatever, so forth. And a few little points here and there. Hmm. You may think, "Wow, that's pretty cool," but but then, then what am I doing compared to Prabhupada? <laughs> Besides that, you know, I'm doing nothing. I'm nobody. I'm just a small uh, small person in, in in comparison to his contribution. And if you look at his contribution, then writing many books, giving many talks, uh, night after night, morning after morning, answering books, but big volumes uh, worth of letters and so on and so forth in the midst of traveling around the world and um, and eating, you know, differently in different places depending on different cooks who are trying to follow, you know, his diet, um, however Im- imperfectly and so on and so forth. It was, it was quite an extraordinary um, event um and so in the context of that to be writing books and speaking any reasonable person would think there might be room for saying something over here and having a thought behind it that caused you to say it that doesn't come out when you just look at the record of what is said and you don't have that context so you know you can't understand why or he seemed to emphasize this point and maybe there's it's questionable so, so um, I think that um, um, on the other side, if someone is writing books and that's all they're going to do, and um, and then they're going to pay more attention to that, uh, and uh, you might have a more perfect uh, scholarly representation of the teaching, hmm? but then you're not going to have the wide. Uh, scale, circulation, distribution, and so forth. So, um, I kind of, with regard to Prabhupada, I kind of look at it like that. But then you can find it in other places, too, um, pretty much across the board. So, when you look carefully, you start noticing, oh, he did it over there, he did it over there, he did it over there, too. Then you start to factor in some humanness to the persona of the guru, and then you start to refine your idea of perfection, which in the beginning 
you you thought that he's only sitting on that chair because I'm here, otherwise he levitates all the time when I'm not in the room, you know. And uh, I know it looked like he came on the plane, but I, he was probably on a carpet, you know. And but you know, so you have to. You might have ideas like this. The guru is glorified in the Bhagavatam, for example, in ways that could lead you to think along those lines. Um, Nard is levitating, flying around the world, appearing. You know, I never met anybody like that um, personally. It was uh, so you want to you want to take those things and think: what is the meaning behind that? What and what is what does empowerment mean? What does perfection mean? Um, um, what does all-knowing mean hmm? when Krishna doesn't even fully know himself hmm? and he has to try to take, put himself in the position of Radha to get a better understanding of himself and this is central to our our teaching so unknown and un- unknowable um, so it kind of starts to leave some place for um some details, I mean, there's many ways you could say, well, he left that, you know, some room for us to come along across the dots and across the T's and, and dot the I's, you know. He didn't have time for it. Or um, he may have said something consistently even representing the way it was handed down to him without thinking of the implications of it on a broader scale in different time and place, which is than something that's left for us to do in our time and place. Hmm? Like yeah, Jiva Goswami was consistent throughout his all his writing, the Sandarbhas, the 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 Gopal Champu, Brahma Samhita, Kram Sandarbha, Bhagavatam commentary, uh, Lagu Toshani, uh, yeah, and so forth, that Radha and Krishna are Svakiya and Goloka. Hmm? So Vishwanath came along and said, that can't be because of all these reasons, and therefore this one statement of Rupa Goswami in his commentary on Ujbal Nimani, where he says, some of what I've written is my opinion, some is the opinion of others, then that explains everything. That's all he did. That's all he did. That's all he, did. he said, this statement means that that he, when he says Swakya, then he's, it's the opinion of others that he's representing and 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 they were present at the time and couldn't digest the parakya of the paravyom. Hmm? And then he goes on for like pages and pages for explaining why there has to be parakya, uh, unwedded love in Golok, uh, and not just in, in the manifest lila in this world. So, um, yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when in short, you know, how to, how to understand those things is either in the absence of our guru to become a guru hmm, or to assist and serve someone who, who can take that position, then we can understand everything's... Um, faith won't be dis- be disturbed, right? And Prabhupada was even doing that in relation to Bhakti Siddhanta in some places, hmm, refining and... All right, so what's time? 7.30. All right, so we'll get together again in the morning and tomorrow night. Shishi go Radhamada Vakija, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Kija, Gaur Brahma.